0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the Scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. This morning in the morning service, we're scheduled to hear from Jason Parks, who is Community Relations Coordinator for Gateway Mission, and so I'd like to invite Jason to begin making his way up here. We partner with Gateway Mission to help minister to homeless people in our community. During a typical year, Gateway Mission provides more than 36,000 safe overnight stays, more than 100,000 meals, and uncounted thousands of hours of one-on-one guidance for homeless people in our community. So it's an honor for me to invite Jason to share what the Lord has laid on his heart this morning. Jason, welcome. Tom, appreciate you having us, thanks so much, yeah. I was so thankful when they uh, put this little table out because I am a wanderer and this will keep me uh, somewhat uh, center stage for all of you, so. Um, hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I drive past this church every morning. My kids go to Zealand East, so my uh, my son's right down the road here, um, and I've never been in here, but a beautiful church. And I just want to thank uh, Tom and the staff for putting this uh, this mission conference on. So there's uh, so many brothers and sisters from other organizations here that we serve with in the community, uh, and I've worked at Gateway Mission now for about two years, uh, full time. But one thing I found is we're just so blessed to be here in West Michigan and along the lakeshore with the, the amount of resources we have for the people in need in our community. So again, I wanna thank uh, uh, Tom and, and just your church for bringing awareness uh, to, to some of the awesome organizations that are in our community, um, such as Gateway Mission and all the other ones that are featured here today. So, so thank you so much. Uh, today, w- one thing I found working with the, the homeless and in, in need in our community is just the lack of relationship. Um, When we meet people day in and day out, uh, whether they come into our shelters or they're applying for our programs, uh, we find primarily that they just don't have anyone in their life or any hope in their life. Um, Now, understandably, that's the result and the consequences of some of their decisions that they've made, uh, which many of them understand that. Um, but it is a very, very lonely place to be. I'm sure all of us have uh, had trials and tribulations in our life where we've relied on family or friends. Uh, we kind of have the saying for some of our staff at Gateway Mission that it would be incredibly hard for us to become homeless. So. For instance, I have a big extended family. I have a mom, a sister, brothers and sisters-in-laws. I have my in-laws. It would take a lot to go wrong for me to become homeless because I've been blessed with all these people in my life. Um, Unfortunately, the people we see day in and day out, they just do not have anybody at all. Um, And again, they come to us hopeless and broken, uh, and it's incredibly sad and and heartbreaking, uh, day in and day out. so God's really put on my, uh, when, when Tom reached out, God put on my heart to just talk about what we do and what we strive to do at Gateway Mission, and that's to empower people. Uh, because again, that when they come to us and they feel broken and hopeless, uh, they feel disempowered, right? So they, they don't feel like they're bringing any worth uh, to their day-to-day lives, right? Um, and so what better example than Jesus Christ when he walked this earth That time and time again, he continuously empowered people to be servants and disciples of him and set the prime example for us on how we should go about our lives. Um, And that's what I want to share with you today. Um, So really quickly, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Gateway Mission, it is formerly Holland Rescue Mission. Uh, We changed our name about two years ago. I like to disclose that because in my job, um, I found that many people will come on a tour uh, and and come through Gateway Mission. And I've gotten the question, hey, are you in uh, any affiliation with Holland Rescue Mission? Uh, And I kind of laugh, um, but I'm like, yes, yes, we're the same organization. So uh, we changed our name about two years ago, um, but same organization organization with the same mission, and that's to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ um, by providing housing and programs to those who are in need uh, and homeless in our communities. So one or the same. Um, Our staff at Gateway Mission, uh, I have the honor of being in community relations. Uh, So my job is nothing compared to the men and women who work at our homeless shelters. So we have the men's mission, which is downtown. And we have the women's mission, which is on uh, 16th and Fairbanks, and that's where women and children stay. Um, I would just disclose, uh, due to the the housing uh, issues we've had and the inflation, uh, our numbers at the women's shelter have been over 90, which is about triple from last summer. And at our men's building, we're about a 33% increase for the people who have stayed with us um, in terms of numbers throughout the summer. Uh, So that is incredibly concerning for us, because usually winter is when we see the biggest influx uh, in people that come because the weather gets cold, and that's when people need a roof over their heads. Um, So I cannot say enough about our staff uh, at at both our men's and women's building, the amazing job they do, and just the selflessness they show day in and day out. and really, that's, that's, again, what I want to share with you today. With one, the example that these men and women who work at our shelters have set for me. Um, and hopefully that, that I can share some of these uh, amazing gifts that God has given them with you. Uh, so that you go out in, uh, into your day-to-day and understand that sometimes just building a relationship with someone is all they need in their life. Um, so we talk about true charity that's a couple principles I'm going to teach you today as well um, in weighing the impact of the charity so for instance, if I go to somebody on the street who's asking for money and I give them twenty dollars, the impact of my charity is gone as soon as they spend that twenty dollars right so I don't even know what they might spend it on, right? But if I'm weighing the outcome of that charity, if I give them $20 and they spend it in five minutes, my charity, the impact of my charity is gone within five minutes. Now, in contradictory to that, if I go up to the the gentleman uh, who has the sign that says, I need money, I'm homeless, uh, and I ask his name, why is he out here, what's his story? You would be surprised how much you can learn of a person that actually what they might not necessarily need is the money that's on the sign, but they just need somebody to talk to. And, and they need a relationship. And time and time again, our staff has shown this to be so much more beneficial in the life transformation of an individual and empowering that individual by just simply asking their name and what's maybe some of their goals or what's going on with their life. Um, I can't count how many times I've sat with somebody uh, in one of our programs and you listen, and you set up this game plan, or you're going over their application to one of our uh, their programs, and uh, you get done. And they look at you, and they say, "That's the first time anybody's listened to me for more than 15 minutes in over like 20 years." I mean. Jeez, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and we just don't understand that though because we're all busy, we go throughout our day-to-day lives and unless you're working in an organization like this where you're dealing with the homeless day in and day out, um, you, you know, you might not ever uh, experience that in your life. You know, so hopefully today I'm able to share some of those stories and some of those things that we try to implement at Gateway Mission. We're going to open the word here, um, so let me just pray before we open God's word. Dear Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for sending your son. It's just the ultimate example of selflessness. Um, we're not worthy of it, and uh, I'm just so glad that, that for sinners like us, uh, you sent him to die on a cross so that we may be forgiven and saved. Um, i thank you for this church and i thank you for this congregation and as we open your word today i just ask you to empower us and teach us what you would like us to know in your precious name we pray amen so philippians 2 1 through 3 says so if there is any encouragement in christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection and sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. I'm going to be honest, that hits home as a husband and father. I fail miserably at this verse time and time again. My beautiful wife's here uh, with me this morning, and uh, I'm a selfish person, to be honest. Uh, I am prone to think about myself first before many others. Uh, and and uh, I'm good at admitting that, but I'm not always good at following through on correcting that. Um, I don't know if any of you husband, fathers, men can, can agree, um, but I, I'm okay with admitting that. Um, and this verse is just such an encouragement that you know the Apostle Paul is encouraging us that Christ is the ultimate example, and this is what he's showing to us. And just doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, that's so hard in our human sinful nature to continue to do day in and day out. Um, sometimes I'll challenge our students uh, time and time again uh, when I have the opportunity to teach them that. A really simple question you can ask in your Christian walk is when I'm about to make a decision or a choice, um, I can ask, is this gonna be pleasing to God or is this gonna be pleasing to me? And I know in my lifetime and time again, when I say, is this going to be pleasing to God or pleasing to me? The, the answer is usually me, um, which isn't the way we're supposed to be living the Christian life. Um, but the staff at Gateway, I mean, they embody this verse time and time again. Again, they've been such a, a testimony in, uh, in empowering me in my own life. Um, Jenna and Jody Stevens, they're, they're uh, the directors at our women's shelter. If you've ever had the honor of meeting them, uh, They're incredible women. Uh, They're mom and daughter. Uh, They've been with us both. Uh, Jody's been with us almost 20 years on and off, and Jenna's been with us over six years. I will tell you right now, we would not be able to run that Women's and Children's Center without them. they show selfishness, or excuse me, not selfishness. <laughs> I've learned with selfishness and selflessness, it gets confusing sometimes. So if I, if I make a mistake, I apologize. They have shown selflessness time and time again, where I'm just in awe, and I, and I try to thank them as much as I can when I get, get the uh, uh, ability to see them in meetings or whatnot, just to thank them, um, because their job is so, so hard. Um, I kind of joke, if you work in, uh, I I came from sales and sales management and kind of the corporate world for 15 years of my life before I got into the ministry, and um, I kind of joke, if we were to give a day of incident reports from the men's and women's uh, building to a uh, Fortune 500 company's HR department, they'd look at it and they'd be like, this is the worst year we have ever had for HR violations in this company. And that's just a Monday for Gateway Mission, okay? (laughs) Like, I... the, the, I'm not going to go into detail, but the things they see day in and day out, um, if you can continue to pray, if anything comes out of this, just pray for our, our, our shelter staff day in and day out, um, especially the women's and children. These children, uh, I mean, when you have to sit there as a 25-year-old young lady who this is your first full-time job and you have to work with CPS because they're having to remove the son from the mom or the daughter from the mom, I mean, that has a profound impact on somebody's life when you're a young lady. And this is happening time and time again. Or somebody just passed away um, in her sleep. Uh, she was an elderly lady. She'd been with us a long time. Uh, it was actually an awesome testimony of Christ. Her, her friends and family actually came and shared how much of an impact Gateway Mission had on this lady's life. Um, but she passed away in her sleep. And I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if doing bed checks you know, at, at midnight and you walk into that, that's, that's a tough situation, right? Um, and these are the things that these women are, are dealing with day in and day out at our shelter. So please continue to pray with them. And again, Jody and Jenna are just examples of, I never hear them complain about their job or what's going on in their own life. They are just showing up every day with resiliency and the fortitude that Christ has put on their heart and doing the job um, for us at Gateway Mission. And same way with the guys, same way with Greg is our director at the men's building, and that, that goes the same for him too. Um, so just demonstrating that self, selflessness of Jesus Christ time and time again. Um, and, and we need to do that in our communities as well. A couple of principles I'm gonna share with you this morning is from a book um, when Helping Hurts, uh, it's a phenomenal book. I apologize, I meant to bring a stack on my table, and of course, the one thing I wanted to remember, I forgot. Um, but it is available uh, on Amazon. We have some uh, at, our, uh, at our facilities as well. Um, but this is a phenomenal book about talking about really what true charity looks like and actually creating an impact uh, with people in our lives who are, are in need, right? And one of the principles they talk about is people and processes not projects and products, right? So many times in in my job, I get to meet with churches and other nonprofit organizations and businesses in our community to talk about what Gateway Mission is doing um, and maybe ways that we can build a reciprocal relationship to serve those in our community, right? And many times, including ourselves at Gateway, is sometimes we believe we know what's best for individuals in need. And so we're going to implement what we think should change their life and not even listen to what maybe they are empowered or they're inspired or what their goals and ambitions are and what life transformation looks to them. So a lot of the times at churches uh, and nonprofits, we implement projects, right? And in those projects, we look for product, right? Or outcomes, right? Instead of looking at people And the process of what life transformation looks for them Uh, so corbett and figured who wrote this one helping book uh when helping hurts book says the goal is to see people restored to being what god created them to be people who understand that they are created in the image of god with the gifts ability and capacity to make decisions and to affect change in the world around them and the people who steward their lives and communities resources and relationships in order to bring glory to God. You know, sometimes we forget, even in staff, when when somebody comes into our programs or even if they come to one of our churches, right, and they're in the Gateway program, they're going through the nine-month long-term program we have and they come to a church, you know, sometimes it breaks my heart when they'll go up to that individual after church and they'll be like, oh, you're, you're from the Gateway mission or you're in the Gateway program. When really that's Roger and Amanda and Allie. I mean, we, we sometimes forget that all of us are made in the image of God, no matter where we're at in life right now, right? Just because some of us have it more put together on the outside uh, and maybe have uh, advanced further in our career or um, have more money or have a bigger house or um, have more friends or, or this great family. It's like, we need to remember we're each made in the image of God. And, and that's sometimes really hard, hard to, to grasp, right? And so, again, I'd encourage you that these, we need to remember that everybody, whether uh, maybe they don't uh, look the right way to us or maybe they don't talk the right way for us, they're still made in the image of God and God created them to bring value into his kingdom. Another thing we talk about at Gateway is uh, subsidiarity. I know it's a big word, Uh, but subsidiarity, basically the principle is of social organization that holds the social and political issues should be dealt with at the most immediate or local level that is consistent with their resolution. All right, the definition of of subsidiarity is the principle that is centrally, uh, excuse me, the principle that is a central authority should have subsidiarity function performing only those tasks which cannot be performed at the most local level. Okay, so one one thing at Gateway Mission uh, or Holland Rescue Mission, if you're uh, familiar with our organization, is we are so thankful for the donors and the people in our community that spend their time, their money, and their resources to help us move our mission forward because we take very, very, very minimal government money. And this is one of the reasons because nowadays when you take government funds, uh, we know rescue missions across the nation who are dealing now with, you take government money and you become a low barrier shelter. Um, basically, anything goes. And if you do anything against the government, you will be the one that sued, not the individual that committed a heinous crime. So for instance, uh, there was a rescue mission in Alaska. It was an all-woman's mission. And a man uh, who was identifying as a woman came into the rescue mission. Um, he took advantage of the women in there And then, when they kicked him out because he was a man, taking advantage of the women in the rescue mission, the city of Alaska actually sued the women's mission. We work with a company called uh, uh, American, uh, excuse me, Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, there are been of our attorneys for over 20 years. They work with rescue missions across uh, the the nation uh, and even internationally sometimes. Um, but what they try to do is uh, situations like this. They try to bring it up to the highest court, mostly the Supreme Court, uh, to set precedents for uh, instances like this, so that other rescue missions don't have to worry about that. Um, Understand when you take government funds, there is stipulations with that. And that's why, again, we are so thankful for the community here uh, and around the nation that helps us do what I do. And I, and I know other, other nonprofit organizations are very, very thankful for that, that the giving generous people that, again, use their time, resources, and money to help us move forward, that's very, very important, especially in today's age, all right? So subsidiarity, basically, when we look at, for instance, uh, small-term missions or short-term missions, uh, when Helping Hurts, we'll talk on this as well, if, if you do end up reading the book, but basically we look at the, the, the country of Africa. Uh, when you look at the outcomes in the years, over 100 years short-term missions have been going to that country, right? And we've spent billions and billions and billions of dollars, but what ends up happening is we'll come in or we'll send money We'll never know any of these individuals that we're sending money to. I'll never know their name. I'll never look them in the eye. I'll never necessarily talk to them unless I go on the ground. And not saying that short-term missions is a bad thing, but we've thrown billions of dollars. And if you look at the actual outcome or where the individuals are 100 years ago versus today, it's barely moved the needle in terms of positive outcomes. You know, and that happens in America today where we might if i take government assistance from from um from the government uh and i never work with a uh, a caseworker that say i'm just getting money right and i never build a relationship uh Instead of having an individual uh, like Rebecca, I'm going to call her out, she mentors one of our women, Uh, she comes in and picks Rebecca up, takes her to work, helps her um, if she needs necessarily, helps with bills, but encourages her to get a job and walks with her day in and day out. That's way different than uh, than taking government money. We're we're never going to build the relationship to one-on-one. So there's somebody in the community that can come alongside and help this individual out instead of taking money from the government. That's just a for instance. Now, I, I, I want to disclose. There's people that need help uh, with these assistance programs, and at Gateway Mission, we use this time and time again. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but subsidiarity, one thing we're trying to work on is if we can help at the most local level, if there's somebody in Zealand, Michigan, who's begging on the street, there's somebody even in this room that could help that individual and build a relationship with that individual versus them reaching out to some government entity. Um, I hope that makes sense. The next issue, avoiding paternalism. This is one of my favorites. Do not do things for people that they can do for themselves. So for instance, short-term missions, you'll see it, uh, Fickert makes a great example of this where He'll go on short-term mission trips. They'll help paint a house or build a house for somebody, right? And he'll look over and there's seven able-bodied men who are watching them paint the house instead of teaching the men to paint the house so that two weeks after the short-term mission leaves so that they could paint other houses when they leave, they just go do the work and then they leave and these able-bodied men never learn another a trait or another tool that they can implement in their lives, right? So if somebody has the capability to do something for themselves, we should be encouraging them through the love of Jesus Christ to do that thing, maybe teach them how to do that thing instead of just doing it for them, if they have the ability to do that. Uh, One of my mentors said once, and I share this with the students, that we don't have the ability to to take responsibility for people's choices. If I if I teach somebody in my overcoming addictions class, I tell you one of the hardest things for me is if somebody relapses, right? Which happens weekly. If somebody relapses, it'd be very easy for me to put on myself, well, I could have done more for that individual. I I could have uh, helped them not relapse back into alcohol or drugs. I could have done this. I could have done that. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. It's not mine. And so my mentor said, we can give them the tools that Christ puts on our heart, but they have to pick up the tools and go to work. And that's exactly what paternalism is, is that I should be able to empower somebody if they have the capability to do it, not only and then am I empowering them to do that thing, but if I do it for them, I'm actually disempowering them because I take away their ability to do something. My wife's here today with me. I kind of wish when I was putting the sermon together that my kids would have been here this morning because I would love to make a t-shirt that says avoiding paternalism. Right, so don't do things for people that they can do for themselves. I tend, uh, any parents out there, I'm assuming, right? We tend to do dishes and laundry and uh, vacuuming and um, you know, my kids will be like, well, why isn't my room clean? Well, you can do it yourself, right? (laughs) I mean, or hey, why isn't my laundry clean? If I have the t-shirt avoiding paternalism, well, hey guys, I'm just avoiding paternalism today. Like, (laughs) you can do it yourself, right? But it goes, it goes the same. My, my wife's looking at me, she's like, you gotta stop the dad jokes here, okay? I apologize. <laughs> but, but true, if we're, if we're parents, we know this time and time again, that we want our kids to be able to grow up and do things on their own, and we don't wanna do things for them the rest of their lives. And that's how we should help people in the community here. On that, all of us need to remember that the materially poor really are created in the image of God, and have the ability to think and to understand the world around them they actually know something about their situation and we need to listen to them again this is so important especially if we're working with those in need uh, and those who are especially suffering addiction is sometimes we think we know best and we don't even listen to what drives them and maybe what they need in their lives um so that's a very good challenge for us to remember just listening, finding out somebody's name, building a relationship, taking somebody out for coffee and just hearing about their life. Sometimes that means a lot more than giving them a $20 bill or or $50 or $100 and then leaving. Part of my job is uh, we work with an organization called True Charity Initiative out of Joplin, Missouri. Uh, And uh, I have the honor of being the Michigan ambassador for that organization. And um, James Whitford is the the founder. I would encourage you to look them up. I have some information on my table about True Charity. But what his goal is, is to treat to teach true charity principles across the nation um, to really, again, make an impact on the people who are in need uh, and and create long-term life transformation through Jesus Christ by empowering others and not just giving handouts and creating the cycle of dependency, right? So three of their pillars that are very important I wanted to share with you this morning is true charity is voluntarily resourced, meaning... We never want somebody to be forced to do something they don't wanna do. I know time and time again, I'm sure you've been in situations in your life or you show up for work and you gotta do something that you don't wanna do. Um, I know for me, the passion gets taked out of it, maybe the motivation gets taked out of that when I have to do something that I necessarily don't wanna do. So true charity is really, it's voluntary, right? I want to be able to help this person. I have on my heart that I want to be able to help this individual or this organization or I want to be here. It needs to be voluntarily resourced. Challenge-oriented. This is my favorite, all right? Uh, It's going to be hard, right? I I, I think any of us can look at our lives and things that we've accomplished in our lives, the harder we've worked toward uh, achieving that goal, the more rewarding it is. Um, I don't know if any of you uh, would agree with that, but I know in my life, uh, it it definitely has. Um, One thing I found as a positive outlet in my life is ultra running. Uh, For those of you that don't know what it is, it's basically anything over a marathon, and you usually run it on trails. Um, We just put on a 12 and 6 hour ultra. I have a little side business uh, called Egress Endurance. We were out at Pigeon Creek, and people were running 12 and 6 hours, a 5K loop, and they just try to accumulate as many miles as they can, in that allotted amount of time. Yeah, I see some people's eyes, and they're like, that's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. But the one thing I found with running that has helped me so positively in my walk with Christ and in my life is that by putting yourself through hard things, you realize, one, you can accomplish way more than you ever thought you could, and two, after you accomplish that goal, it empowers you to work harder at a bigger goal, and that's what happens in our lives is... uh, Sometimes the people who are at rock bottom, so to say, or in the pits is, they've just given up, right? They have no goals. uh, And and so they're just kind of aimlessly wandering through life without a game plan and they're just reacting to what happens to them. And that is a very, very dangerous place to be, especially with those that were battling idolatry and addiction. Because if we don't have a game plan when temptation comes in, we're just going to turn into sin again. Um, and that's with our walk with Christ too. If we're not diligently in the word and uh, in, in praying to God and in relationship with him, when temptation comes in, we don't have a game plan or we're not rooted in him and, and then we turn into that sin and temptation. So it needs to be hard. Um, we tell the students time and time again, uh, it's a matter of perspective. Challenge is a matter of perspective because what might seem hard to us in the moment is, uh, in relation to somebody else, what's going on, who's actually overcoming that adversity, or turning to Christ in moments that are very difficult, it might seem very, very minuscule when we actually look at it, that's, that perspective. So it needs to be challenge-oriented because that is what really uh, implements change and life transformation. As we, many of us know in our walk with Christ, right? Christianity is hard. It's supposed to be hard because otherwise everybody would be in heaven, in my opinion, and that's what the word says. It's supposed to be hard. The road is narrow. Right, and outcomes-driven. Uh, we we put, uh, which is public information, if you if you're ever interested in knowing. But at Gateway Mission, every month we put together metrics on outcomes. Uh, So we want to know everything from how many people are coming in through our shelters. Uh, Tom, I appreciate you having all those statistics that he listed uh, before me coming out here that Gateway serves. All that is important, but we want to measure the actual life transformation, the individuals that we're pouring time and resources into. So we look at everything from spiritual walk, if they've accepted Christ, if they haven't accepted Christ. um, Sobriety. Helping financial stewardship, right? Where they're at financially, what's some of their goals? Uh, do, do they want to save up for their first car or uh, apartment or you know get stable housing? Like we want to help and we, we measure all of that. Uh, and again, if we don't have outcomes that we're working for or goals that we're working for, there, there is no game plan, and, and it's hard for the individual to actually see the success and see their life transformation in, proce- uh, in progress if we don't have those outcomes. So again, it's very empowering not only to the individual, but it's empowering to the people who are doing the work and trying to help that individual in their life too. Um, because when we see people succeed, it helps us succeed as well. Just to close, I want to share some verses that we, we have on our wall at Gateway. Uh, that's just, it embodies empowerment, right? So 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Deuteronomy thirty-one six: Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Philippians four thirteen: I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I want to leave you today with uh, Philippians four thirteen. We have a young lady who's. Uh, Ben, in our programs, uh, and now she's worked for us full time for two years, so one of the the honors we have at Gateway is usually when they go through one of our long-term programs, the next step is we have a a program called Thrive, uh, and it's basically a 12-month paid internship that they get to work for one of our businesses that we have at Gateway. um, And they get paid, and they still get housed by us, and we help them try to transition that next year out on their own and and to reach some of their goals. and so she's been with us now for about three years. Uh, th- this young lady's name is Megan. Um, and uh, she came from using drugs day in and day out. Uh, she was in and out of relationships uh, because she did everything she, she could to try to feed her addiction of substance. Um, she has two beautiful boys. Um, but she came to us and, and she just needed Something. She didn't know where to turn. She was just in this cycle of of addiction and, and broken relationships and sadness. And she came with she came to us with no hope. Um, and she has this sorry. she has this verse written on her uh, her workstation. And uh, I won't go go into all the details, but you know when you just see somebody who Christ has come into their lives and they're just living it out every day, and how awesome that is? That's Megan. Like, uh, she has a smile on her face. She encourages the women in our program, day in and day out. And I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. I always say I'm never going to get emotional. My wife, like, laughs. She's like, you're going to get emotional. Every time you speak, you get emotional. (laughs) But day in and day out, like, I mean, she is just a walking example of what Christ can do in somebody's life, where they came from absolutely nothing. And again, we might look at this person and say like, well, she's a drug addict and she's you know, sleeping outside of marriage with a bunch of men to, to feed her habit and, and, and she doesn't look right and, and I would never have her in my house. And I mean, she's heard all these things from her family members. And now, like what a testimony to have God come in her life and drastically change it. And not only is she flourishing, like, she has her own apartment now. She has a roof over her head for her two boys. She's like one of the most awesome moms, besides my wife. (laughs) Um, She does a great job for us. Like, I I mean, she's probably in a better place for Gateway than I am, okay? (laughs) Like, I mean, she shows up day in and day out and does her job. But the coolest thing is, is Megan is able to work with the young ladies in our programs day in and day out eight hours a day and she is just pouring her testimony of what god's done in her life into these other women and guess what that does it empowers the other women to try to find what megan has now and that's jesus christ in her life so it's just so cool that when people think like megan thought i'm at rock bottom i have nothing i bring no value to this world. That's what she came in with. And now she can do all things through Christ. She truly believes she can do all things through Christ who strengthens her. And that's really, I mean, that, that's the Christian walk. That, that's what we strive to do at Gateway, but I know that's what we strive to do in the Church of Christ. And, and his body, the body of Christ and believers of Christ, that's what we're here to do. And I'm just so thankful again for churches like yourselves and organizations that are here today and through this conference and just in our community. And I just challenge you to continue building those relationships. And you know what? Do something that's uncomfortable, maybe, uh, that Christ puts on your heart because you never know what building that relationship with somebody's going to do. Because the more Megans we have in this world, the better, in my opinion. Thanks for listening. We hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith. If you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church, we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org, or call us at 616-772-4377.